So uh, I always embarrass my kids when I get choked up when we're praying for stuff like that. But I just think it's an unbelievable privilege to be co-laborers with God in his field, to be used of the Lord. And so excited about this coming week and, and do want to acknowledge uh, that uh, the woman who founded Power Up Clubs here at CFC, Joni Alexander, is with us this week. <laughs> All right, take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, we are going to take three, w- three weeks to look at the uh, last few verses in Ephesians 3. As you turn there, really grateful to get a few, few weeks off, last two weeks. Really grateful for Ryan Toller and Jonathan Monk as they shared from Ephesians 3. Uh, grateful because as you heard them, I hope you thought, wow, our high schoolers and our college students are being taught the word of God well. Uh, they did want to acknowledge that I gave them the hardest passages in Ephesians 3, but you know, that's just the way the Lord works sometimes. So no, actually, what a great privilege to, again, see that the mystery of the gospel is that it's not for the Jew only, but it's for the Jew and the Gentile, and the mystery that we get to be ministers of that great gospel. So he's going to end chapter 3 now the same way he ended chapter 1. I, I know that was a long time ago, so you probably don't remember, but he ends chapter 1 with a prayer, and he's going to end chapter 3 with a prayer again. And his prayer is going to be, this is chapters 3 verses 14 through 17. It's going to be about how we live, how we're loved, and then an encouragement about how we pray. So we're going to look this morning at an encouragement of how he prays that we would live strong. So look at verses 14 through 17 this morning. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. So that's why we know. And so you can visualize. You ever prayed for somebody and you actually got on your knees to pray for them? Sometimes we get on our knees because it's a reflection of how badly we want God to work in their lives. Sometimes we just pray as we're driving. Sometimes we pray when we're laying down right before we go to sleep. Sometimes we pray when we're sitting down, we're thankful for a meal. But there are times we get on our knees. If there's never a time you get on your knees, you might go, why do I never get on my knees? Because the knee is a place of dependence. It's a place of submission and humility. And he's saying, I'm on my knees to the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. In other words, he's saying, I'm on my knee to the Father who is the source of everything. And that's good hope because we're asking the God who has done everything to work. So there's nothing that he can't do. I'm asking the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So he's on his knee and he's praying to the Father through whom all things have come. God, Father, let him be strong. All right, don't write that round down. That's wrong. That's not what he prayed. It's not what he prayed. What did he pray? 
That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened. Now, now I, I made you potentially write the wrong one now, not to be strong, but to be made strong because that is a monumental difference. In fact, it changes everything about how we understand the Christian life. Now, I, I, I hope you're tuned in right now. Because if I say to you, be strong, who's that dependent upon? That's dependent entirely on you. And are some of you stronger than others? Yes or no? Yes, some of you are stronger than others. So some of you will do a better job of being strong than others. Some of these students would do a better job of being strong this week than others. But if, as the text says, not be strong, but be strengthened, who's that dependent upon? The father from whom Every family derives its name. In other words, it's dependent upon the one who can give strength. You see, this is why he's praying for them. He's not praying that they'll do something. He's praying that God will do something for them, that they would be strengthened. And here's the great news. Seriously, look. If it's be strong and it's up to you and it's going to be dependent and it's going to vary across the room. But if it's be strengthened then it is equal strength available for every person in the room. See, the great joy, the incredible encouragement is that every one of these students who we just prayed for, as they go into front yards of Jacksonville this week, they each equally have opportunity to be strengthened by the Father from whom every family derives its name. Will that be enough strength? (laughs) More than enough. See, Matt read from Major Ian Thomas, if there's a guy in this world who has impacted my life more than any other, it's Major Ian Thomas. He wrote a little book called The Saving Life of Christ that I read at age 18. And he, in his first chapter, says, if it were not for this divine provision of what? Be strengthened. If it were not for this divine provision, the call to Christ would be a source of utter frustration. Why? Presenting the sorry spectacle of a sincere idealist constantly thwarted by his own inadequacy and that was me and it might be you because I imagine most of us really want to please the Lord but have you ever been thwarted by your own inadequacy have you never have you never experienced that sorrow and that Lord I I keep coming up short I want to do I just can't. If you haven't experienced that, then one of two things is true. Either you've lowered the bar to make it passable, or you have an elevated view of yourself. Hate to tell you, you got one or two problems. Because the reality is, the call to holiness is a mountain too steep for any person to climb. 
The call to do what God says is well beyond what any of us are adequate to do, which is why it does not say, be strong, because none of us would be strong enough, but why it says, and this is great joy, be strengthened, be made strong, because he will give you and give me all we need to do all he says. I didn't know that. For the first years of my walk with Christ, uh, maybe I was just listening poorly. Or maybe somebody was telling me poorly. But all I knew was be strong. And I knew I wasn't very good at it. My sister was better. She was. And who wants their sister to be better? (laughs) But she would obey. I just can't. I try. I want to. Sincere idealist thwarted by my own inadequacy. And by God's grace, as a 15-year-old walking away from the Lord, a guy radically changed by Majorian Thomas spoke into my life. And for the first time, maybe it wasn't the first time told me, but first time I heard it, that Jesus who walked the pages of this New Testament is alive and living in you and waiting to live his life through you. Be strengthened. And I heard, listen, I heard the, the true gospel for the first time. Not he died for you, go do your best, but he died for you and he lives in you so that you would be strengthened, not be strong. Can't be dependent upon us. It is 100% dependent upon him. So be made strong by the Holy Spirit. It's not my determination because I threw the stick in the fire at camp plenty of times. Some of you probably did as well. I was determined. It just didn't last. It's, it's a strength that doesn't come from us. It's a strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. And it's a strength that doesn't have anything to do, no offense, to football or sports. It has everything to do with how I live out my life in Christ. It, it's a strength that happens in the inner man. Doesn't make me run faster or lift more weights or win more games. But it radically changes this thing called the Christian life. Because it's the Christian, the Christ life. It is the person of God and the Holy Spirit in us, strengthening us, making us strong. But watch, here's what I hope we'll capture. For a purpose, be strengthened with power through his spirit, where? In the inner man, so that, now, so that's a purpose statement there, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now let's pause for a moment. Because the first time I read this in preparation weeks and weeks ago, I was like, okay, what? When I trusted in Jesus Christ did dwell in my hearts, yes or no? Yeah. Well, See, when I believe in Jesus, the gospel says that he calls me a son and he pours his spirit into my heart. So why in the world is he praying that those through whom the spirit of God already lives, why is he praying that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith? Christ already lives in them. 
So let me give you an illustration. If you were to go out of town, and you pack your bag, your suitcase, whatever you take your stuff in, and you get to your hotel, do you live out of your suitcase, or do you unpack your suitcase and put it in a dresser? How many suitcase livers? How many dressers? No. Type A. <laughs> my dresser drawer, my sock side, right? Right? Uh, for a week, still out of your suitcase? All right, how many of you live out of a suitcase? No, no. So, why not? Why not? Because <laughs> my wife died. Yeah. You don't live out of a suitcase because you probably, where you live, that's where you actually dwell. You probably moved there in some boxes and maybe some suitcases, and you went, we're staying for more than a night or two nights or three nights. See, probably all of us at some point, whether we go, okay, we're here long enough, we're moving out of the suitcase. Because I'm always tired of digging, finding, trying my, find my socks, where where'd they get? And what Christ, what Paul's praying here is this, is that you would be strengthened in a manner that Christ and the power and the life of his indwelling spirit would be unpacked into every moment, every day of your life. Dwell there. Not just visit there. See, suitcase represents visiting, temporary. He's saying, not temporary, dwell there. That that the power of God would be how, by faith, unpacked into every realm of your life. And that, in, in theological terms, is called progressive sanctification. In other words... When we believe in Jesus, he comes and he lives in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. But it is a growing over time where we learn to apply the life of Jesus into each aspect of our lives. For most of us, the first aspect is we trust him to forgive our sins, to save us from hell, and to send us to heaven. That was me. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. But it was over time to begin to impact my friendships, what I did with my time, what I didn't do with my time, to what I watched and what I didn't listen to, and then how I'd engage in relationship, and how I'd parent, and how I'd handle my money. See, that's that's moving Christ from the suitcase to the dresser. It's this idea he is praying that they'd be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ would permeate every aspect, dwell, like move in as rightful owner into every aspect of their lives. So why? So that faith in Jesus would permeate your life. See, it's not like, oh, I just want my kids to be strong. (laughs) 
I want to strengthen them so that they will have what they need to be who I would be in every circumstance, in every situation in life. To strengthen students so that in every moment during a power-up club, Christ would be on display on their life. For you to be strengthened so that in every moment of your marriage, even the hardest moments, Christ would be on display then. Be strengthened for that. To permeate every part of your life. Say it this way. Divine power would be increasingly unpacked for progressive impact. That's sanctification. Progressively excuse me, increasingly unpacked for progressive impact. And when that begins to happen, when we start taking the person and the power of Jesus that has been placed into my life and I begin to unpack it into every aspect and facet of my life, it's going to radically impact at least these three areas. First, We are to be made strong for love. And I pick that first because that's what the New Testament picks first. That the power of Christ would be most demonstrated, most clearly worked out in your life and my life in our relationships. Peter says, above all, and you know what he had just talked about? Prayer, sober spirit, sound judgment. Above those things, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. That's a good verse for people who say stuff they don't really actually mean. They say the real stuff after the people leave. You know, what you really say to your spouse after the people leave. Be hospitable without complaint. Keep fervent in your love. Now, let me, let me take this truth. Be strengthened by whom? The Father from whom every family derives its name. In other words, so he gives you everything you need. His strength would never be insufficient, inadequate. Mine always would be. His never would be. When that is true, in Christ, there is no person that I can't love. Think about that. Not theoretically. Think about that personally for you, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. There is no person you can't love. Now, Are some people harder to love than others? (laughs) Yeah, you're quick on that one. Yes. Yes. Are you ever that person? Okay, yeah, good. Well, well done. Yes, we're all that person. And when I say people, some people are harder to love, I don't mean that your life is, maybe it is, but I hope not. It's not filled with people who you go, I hate them. May the fleas of a thousand camels infest their lives. It's not that you really hate them. It's just you don't want to. 
You don't want to love them. You don't want to serve them. You don't want to be nice to them. You don't want to be kind to them. You don't want to share with them. You don't want to reach out to them. I know I should, but... Right? It's in that moment. Look, it's in that moment. Either the power of Christ stays in the suitcase or we go, by faith, I'm going to step in. See, the power comes in the doing. If you're waiting, make me strong. You're going to keep waiting. You know when you're made strong? When you reach out to the person you don't want to reach out to. When you step into that which you feel inadequate, but you step in obedience to the Lord, then you are made strong. If you're waiting, stop waiting and step in obedience and experience the sufficiency of the indwelling power of Christ. It's no person that I can't love. This, this is what defines us as followers of Jesus. He says, I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Really? And again, we kind of go, well, okay, I won't kill him. <laughs> That's not what it said. It said, do something good for them. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If you love those who love you, what credits that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And and let me make sure you understand. When he says that, you're a saint. If you're in Christ, yes? It's not that you're perfect, but that we've been changed in our status from sinner to saint. And he's going, when you only love people who love you, then you don't look any different than everybody else. That which ought to really radically define us as the people of God is that we love people that normal people don't love. We pray for people who we wouldn't pray for. And we do good to people who we would normally do harm or at best be neutral to. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But saints in Christ, be strengthened. Love your enemies, do good, lend, expect nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. Now, make, make sure you miss this. don't miss this. It's not what makes you a son of the Most High, because we are saved by grace through faith, faith in Christ. It's what's been done for us, not what we do. But when we do those things, what is he saying? Ah, there's a son of the Most High. Because nobody would love unless they were son of God. No one would do good like that unless they were a son of the most high. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. I want us to understand there is no person I cannot love because there is no person the God who lives in me does not love. 
that radically changes. And please don't hear me now. Go be strong. Be strengthened. And love people you would not love if it was only up to you. Do good to people who you wouldn't do good to except that God has done good to you. Be strengthened. Be made strong. Oh. Before we go, on to the next point. Would you take your elements, the Lord's Supper? We do it a little differently. If you're watching online, we want to pause and, and we're going to take the elements of the Lord's Supper in progression. So, oh, just don't open the juice yet. Just open the bread. Sorry if you got ahead of me. Just, just the clear top. This is the single time in history I've been glad for these prepackaged little things. All right, with just the bread. Jesus, oh yeah, if you need one, go ahead, raise your hand. Right over here. If you could put your hand up again. Right here, thanks. Great. Over north, same. Thanks. Right over here. This, according to scripture, is not the body of Christ. It reminds us of the body of Christ. Why? Broken. Broken, not for what Jesus had done, but broken and punished and pierced for what we had done. In other words, the bread is the reminder of a love for unlovable people, us. And when we take this, we are remembering that by the love of God, we have been made children of God so that we might reflect our Savior. So with the bread in your hand, I want you to bow with me and I want you to think very specifically of the people in your life hard to love. And then think of the bread in your hand. And make this heart transition. Maybe you'd say this in the quietness of your heart. Lord, you love them and you live in me. I will love them according to your strength. The scripture declares as we're quiet before the Lord that when we take this and we aren't loving, we're actually eating judgment to ourselves. And so this would be a moment if if there's clear in your own mind and heart, 
a lack of love for someone. Would you confess that to the Lord? Confess it as not reflecting the one who lives in you. Lord, thank you for being who you've called us to be, for giving us what we need to do, what you've called us to do. As we declared earlier, faithful is the one who has called us. You will bring it to pass. And with gratitude for your indwelling spirit and the strength with which you give, we take now the bread in remembrance of you, our Savior. Lord, would the power of your spirit in us be radically experienced in loving actions in the coming days to the praise of your glory. Amen. Now, it's just not for love. Be made strong for victory. Be made strong for victory. What do I mean? Victory over temptation. The great promise of Scripture is no temptation has, and if you know this verse, don't just read through it. Just listen to the promise made to you by God. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. You see, the indwelling Holy Spirit strengthens us so that whatever temptation we face because he was tempted in every way as what we are and yet did not sin that we need not yield to that temptation. That's the power of Christ in me. Do you have a sin that easily entangles you? The answer is yes. We all do. I'm going to ask you to stand up and confess it publicly. You know it. And it's possible that you've just kind of went, well, that one entangles me. I'll work on everything else. And you feel pretty good about the fact that most of your life is pleasing to the Lord. This one area, ah. And I want us to unpack from our suitcase the power of God to dwell in that area in our life. That by faith, we would, as we are tempted in that area today, tomorrow, in the coming week, whatever that sin is for you, that you would remember in that moment, God is faithful. He has not allowed me to be tempted beyond 
while I'm able. Not because I am strong, but because he has made me strong. And that you, maybe for the first time ever, will apply the strength of Christ in the moment of temptation. Remember, not before the temptation, not the horrible feeling of guilt after the temptations yielded, but in the moment of temptation to believe you've been tempted and you didn't sin and you live in me. Strengthen me to say yes or to say no, whatever it is for your sin. The promise is in Christ, there is no temptation I can't overcome. Are some harder than others for you? Yes, that's true. Just like some people are harder to love than other people. Some sins are harder for some people. But none are greater than the strength with which we have in Christ in the inner man. His divine power, Peter says, has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them, you may become partakers unpacking the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. I want us to understand that because Christ is in us, we can be victorious over sin. Will we be perfect? In heaven? Yes. Between now and then? Let's remember the blood of Jesus. That what? Watch. The blood of Jesus that forgives me, don't, don't, don't open up yet, Look. that forgives me when I fail and has broken the slavery so I don't have to. I don't have to. One of the harsh realities that we all have to come to is to go, I don't have to, I choose to. I don't have to blame God that he's not helping me. I'm just leaving the power in the suitcase. There's just some drawers in our lives that we just have not brought the power of God into. But it's not because it's not available. And the blood of Christ is the forgiveness of sin and the breaking of the power of sin in our life. So, now we can open. (laughs) as we did before, not, not theoretical now, real life, holding the open cup in your hand. Think personally, what's the sin that easily entangles you? Confess it. Acknowledge it. Confess maybe that you've gotten comfortable with it. 
you've started to ignore it. Or maybe you need to confess, Lord, I've just kind of made it me. But I confess in this moment, I'm a saint. Child of God, forgiven, set free from slavery to sin. Would you ask the Lord right now by his grace and his power in you to give you new victory in your life? It's not a wish, it's a promise. No temptation is greater than his power in you. You have become a partaker of the divine nature. Christ, who said no to every temptation and said yes to every command of the Father, lives in you. In gratitude and hope and thanksgiving, let's take the cup in remembrance of Jesus. Lord, I pray for new victory in the coming days. New reminders prompted by your spirit to trust you, to engage you in these areas in our life. In Christ's name. One third area, be made strong for endurance. The strength of the Holy Spirit in us, in the inner man, is to help us sprinters in the long haul. Because is life hard? Always? In some ways. Other ways it's like, Green pastures and still waters, and other times it's like barrenness and dried up creeks. And I don't know where you are in that journey, you personally. But all of us at different times get some barrenness, some hard stuff. And some of us get some really hard stuff that doesn't seem to go away. When I was reviewing Thursday uh, to teach Thursday night, I was struck that on Wednesday evening in the span of a few hours, I encountered various individuals who had been experiencing the heart of a a spiritually wayward child, the loss of a child in miscarriage, the loss of a job, the loss of a house, and the loss of a spouse. Not the same person, but just within a few hours, I was kind of struck by, wow, that's hard. Oh, wow, that's hard. Oh, that's hard. 
And it wasn't me personally, but because I was connected to them and loved them, I was feeling their heart and their heart and their heart and their heart. Ever felt that? And you just kind of, sometimes maybe you think, God, this is just too hard. And maybe you've even said, I just can't take any more. Oxygen, please. Relief, please. And this is, this is not childish. This is not an oversimplification. Friends, Paul is bowing his knee saying, this is the moment for us to unpack the strength of Christ into moments that stay hard and get hard and aren't gone away. So that you don't bail or give up. Shake your fist at God. The things we're tempted to do when things get hard and hard and harder. It's in that moment, be strengthened. That's not theoretical. That's not power of positive thinking. That's the promise of God applied to our lives. Be made strong. Paul's personal testimony in this is is he had a heart in his life and he says, I implored the Lord three times, take it away, which is exactly what we do, right? When things are hard, what do we want God to do? Take it away, Lord, take it away. I believe you, your power. That's when we believe God the most, take it away. And sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. What do you do when he doesn't? And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, which is the Lord's very polite what? No. Not because he's mean, rude, he's good. He says no. And he has a reason for the hard that's not leaving my life in your life. For power is perfected in weakness. And so it changes his perspective, and I invite it to change our perspective. The the things that we would want God take out of my life, take it out of my life, that we would go, no, don't take it away, Lord. Most gladly, therefore, I'll rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. See, that's a radically different perspective. You understand, the very thing that we want God to take out of our life is in our life that we might actually unpack and be strengthened. Because we'll never depend on him as long as life is easy. It's kind of the weird reality about us. But we don't depend upon the Lord when we got what we need. We depend upon the Lord when we're in over our heads. When the hard is harder than we can continue to take. And there's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, take it away. But that's not the only hope. There's a dual hope. 
Lord, you can take it away and show your strength or you can keep it and make me strong. When I can begin to unpack that in my life, I recognize that in Christ, there is no circumstance in which I can't rejoice. I've made some bold statements, but I don't think they're too bold. Be strengthened so that there's no person you don't love. Be strengthened so that there's no temptation you don't say no to. Be strengthened so that there's no circumstance in which you don't go, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for showing yourself strong on my behalf. I'll never forget Robertson McQuilkin when his wife, Muriel, got Alzheimer's and he watched his wife deteriorate and he simply said, Lord, do a miracle in her or do a miracle in me. It's always stuck with me. Because God always does miracles. Not always the ones we ask for. But do a miracle in her or do a miracle in me. Heal her or let me live out a joy-filled life with a fading spouse. Be strengthened. That is the power of Christ in us. So bow with me one third time. And as we've done the, the two previous times, not theoretical, think about what's hard in your life right now. And instead in this moment of asking him to take it away, I want to invite you to, by faith, say thank you for what's hard in your life. Name it and tell him thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you meet us in our heart to strengthen us to give us what we need to continue on. And Lord, I want to say thank you. Thank you for not taking some things out of my life that I've asked you to take out. Because I've come to know you, to experience you, to be strengthened day in and day out. Sorry, Lord, sometimes I want to just run instead of rejoice. So I rejoice in you. Thank you for the heart. Thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That in darkness, you meet us. In brokenness, you meet us. In weakness, you strengthen us. Would that be increasingly our reality by faith?
So it sounds crazy, Lord, but we declare it. Thanks for the heart. We love you. Thanks for loving us in Jesus. Let's stand together and together let's declare the joy of the Lord is our strength. Though the tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. In the dead of night, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. When the waters rise, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, I will praise you, say to you, would you be made strong for love, for victory, and for endurance. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next time.